Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Pandemic Check-In. We're checking in today. Uh, this is Ben Adair in California, and I have uh, with me Dr. Owen Muir, MD, and Dr. Carlene McMillan, MD, both of Brooklyn Mines. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Owen, how are you today? I am pretty good. And you guys are both, normally you're in Brooklyn, uh, but... Today you're in, or I guess for the duration, you're in Connecticut. Is that right? I mean, we'll see how things unfold, but we are currently uh, hosted in Goshen, Connecticut, uh, which is quaint town. Yep, there's a lake outside instead of the East River, so get used to it. Is that an is that an improvement? That sounds like an improvement. <laughs> in some ways, it is. In some ways, it is, but it's a little cold out, so colder than New York. How are you guys doing today? You know, every day is uh, kind of blending into the next. I know, right? It's one of my favorite tweets is PJ Voigt just tweeting, for those who are still following, it's Thursday. <laughs> That's definitely how we feel in my house. It's a little hard to distinguish the days. Um, we have we also have spring break for my kids coming up, which is like okay, what are like we've kind of had stuff for them to do, but what are we supposed to do during spring break? You know, we were going to go visit my mom. We're obviously not doing that now. Um, what are we supposed to do? And we're just kind of scratching our heads trying to figure something out. Oh, I heard some schools were considering canceling spring break for this very reason, um, and they were also worried that kids would be more likely to go out and about. Um, during during the break, so. we still have we have no instruction for the next. Uh, we're supposed starting tomorrow and then all of next week. And then our governor here in California did say yesterday that the rest of the school year is canceled. Oh my gosh! Um, we may be in. He said, uh, may, might be into May, might be June, might be July. We're just gonna have to wait and see. At least an honest answer. Our kids are in school, sort of, in that my mother, their grandmother, is conducting a very good uh, preschool education in, uh, in Connecticut right now. Mm-hmm. How old are your guys' kids? Because you guys are married. Uh, how old are your kids? Mm-hmm. So they're actually about to turn four next week. Um, and my daughter okay. is very concerned that there won't be balloons. And she needs to figure out a way to get balloons during the Mm. how are they like how are they dealing with stuff like how how aware are they what are they asking you guys what sort of like what's the what's the four-year-old point of view on what's happening well uh they've been quarantining new jersey for fun uh they had they had a i think it was a stuffed animal on the the ground that they called new jersey and then they quarantined it part of the living room was deemed new jersey and they said you can't go in and out there they also made a travel fake, ban. Uh, uh, yeah, travel ban. They made a restaurant called uh, called Trenton Quinn's New York, Connecticut restaurant, and they served me uh, something. Uh, they served me Kickaboo Joy juice, um, and they told me that that was it. That the rest was gone because mm-hmm. people took too much. Now we haven't, you know, we haven't told <laughs> them that kind of stuff, but they definitely <sighs> are. They're definitely picking it up just from the news, and I know that my parents kind of have this. CNN on in the background all the time, um, which I think they've stopped doing once they realized that that they were picking up on all these just kind of subtle things in in the news and then incorporating it into their play. Yeah. Were you um, were you allowed to dine in at the restaurant or was it was it takeaway? 
you know, they in in Connecticut at the time they they were still doing dine in, so they may okay. have they may have transitioned at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're kind of taking it and and they're taking it in good humor. They're not like super aware of the stuff that's happening. They're being four. They're still being. They're still able to be four year olds, basically. Well, they know something is weird, um, and they know right. that like they're not in school. Um, they have been going on Zoom for their classes and seeing all the seeing all their little friends and the art teacher and music teacher and um at first they actually expressed feeling nervous about that um mm. but they they're doing it and uh i think they're adjusting so they know something is up though and their nanny isn't there which is weird so it's just it's it's um confusing they learned the word quarantine they learned the word right. coronavirus um so they blamed coronavirus for not being able to find a certain video on youtube <laughs> So, you know, it's just kind of a villain in their mind. Uh, so my kids are nine and 11. They're in fourth and fifth grade. And I'm finding that like their emotions are kind of all over the place. They're um, mm-hmm. getting really frustrated about some things like, OK, uh, my daughter this morning, um, the teacher, you know, they're doing everything on online. And so the teacher had posted a question on a website about like, what's your favorite animal? Right. And. Uh, most kids had like searched up pictures of seals or giraffe or, you know, whatever. But uh, my daughter it was really important to her. Like she didn't want to just say like dogs are her favorite animal. She wanted to say her dog uh-huh. is her favorite uh-huh. animal. And then but the website that they were using, which is like one of these janky, you know, education websites that don't really work all that well, which I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing right now. Yes. Wouldn't, it wouldn't let her upload a photo of her dog. She could only search. And so she got really frustrated and started crying and just had all this like, you know, tried throwing the computer, got really mad at me. And it was just a mess. She was a mess, you know, and, you know, I tried to respond to her with a lot of patience, you know, understanding that like, okay, you're mad about this, but this isn't really like you're just stressed out. But I'm wondering if you guys have some like ideas about helping kids like, like, identify their emotions work through their emotions like how can we how can we help our kids i guess is kind of my big question it is a big it's a big question um yeah i mean i think it's yes it's a pandemic but the same kind of principles apply of helping kids find just a language to to you know for their emotions rather than just showing it in in actions um and and saying, yeah, I wonder if you're, you know, I wonder if you're feeling angry. I wonder if you're feeling anxious. Am I getting that right? Is that, is that what you're feeling? Like, don't assume, you know, give them some suggestions and see if they're able to reflect back to you. Like, yes, that is, or actually no, or maybe I am a little angry. Right. And get them to kind of talk about it rather than, you know, throw the iPad across the room or, you know, or whatever. And if they do throw the iPad across the room, then, you know, be like, wow, yeah, that's, you know, super angry today. I, I, I get that. Like what, you know, what can we do to kind of move forward rather than making like as big a deal of it as you might normally. And of course, all kids are different. Like my nine-year-old is going to be a lot different than a six-year-old, which is really different than a four-year-old. But are there like some sort of like general rules or maybe you want to give some ideas for each age group of ways of kind of helping kids express themselves and find their way through this? The, uh, the, the thing that is really important is kids are learning from you how to feel their feelings and how to express them. So while you're thinking about how you can help your kids, helping yourself 
manage your feelings and, and express them is probably one of the most helpful things you can do for your kids. And importantly, you don't actually have to get it right with how they're feeling more than like 30% of the time to be a great, and that by that I mean good enough parent. And good enough is all we're going for. So identifying your own feelings is the way they're learning from it. Just like they pick stuff up from CNN, they pick up way more from you. And so when you say, ah, oh, gosh, I'm so frustrated, they're like, oh, okay, so I would use words for that. And then they might be doing it too. Yeah. And I think it's okay to, as a, as a parent to be, to say that you're feeling anxious or say that you're feeling sad, but kids can pick up if you're, if you're faking it. Um, and if, you know, something really sad did happen or there was, or there was a loss, um, you don't have to, you don't want to totally break down in front of them, but it's okay to say that it's sad. It's okay to say that all, you know, all emotions are valid and can be expressed and, you know, here's mommy expressing them and then they're going to find kind of their own ways to do it. If you, if you end up breaking down in front of them, because that can happen, it, the best way to handle that is not to disavow it. Oftentimes say, Oh no, I'm, I'm fine. It's really okay. And, and really you're crying and you can say, I'm really sad because X, Y, Z and again, they're going to learn that words are a way we can manage feelings and we don't have to use actions. Mm -hmm. And that emotions pass, right? I'm really sad right now. It won't be like that forever, right? It's going to, you know, it's going to change. That I think is an important, uh, you know, important lesson. Um, and then the other, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is we're seeing actually for a lot of my adult patients and kids is that kind of creative output matters at this point. So having kids kind of show their show their feelings through like art projects you know whatever it is developmentally you know could be playing with with beads could be painting whatever it is giving them some kind of place that they can just use that part of their brain that more kind of emotional part of their brain to to get stuff out i think can go a long way you could be a grown man child learning how to use final cut pro for no particular reason that might be developmentally appropriate in your early 40s for example <laughs> <laughs> no comment <laughs> i will say that um i did follow some of uh, the advice that's been happening right here on this show. Uh, last weekend, I got pretty depressed. You know, I was just feeling really like just bummed. I was, you know, stuck on the news. I was reading it a lot and reading about what was happening in New York, what was happening around the world, and just getting really, really just bummed and depressed and unable to get up off the couch and unable to really like be present for my wife or, or my children. And then I remembered, so I remembered two things. I remembered, number one, uh, Owen, some advice that you had about just kind of doing things for think for doing its sake, you know, mm -hmm. uh, being creative just in order, you know, just to follow a process of being creative. Um, and so that was one thing that I remembered. And then this, the second thing I remembered is like giving myself a moment or a few moments to like feel despair, but then like putting the phone down and going and doing something else. And so what ended up happening was I uh, enlisted the help of my kids and we decided that we were gonna make a swing for the for a tree in the backyard. Nice. And so that took, you know, probably, you know, we had to find the wood, we had to cut the wood, we had to figure out what tree it was gonna go on, we had to, you know, find the ropes and figure out how we were gonna hang the ropes. It was a very like long, process-oriented project that we're still not quite done with, mm -hmm. but it's like in process. And so the kids felt really proud of the work that they did. 
It helped me get kind of, it helped me get out of my funk and really feel connected to them. So I just wanted to like, thank you for that advice and let the listeners know that I tested it and it seemed to work. (laughs) That's great. So much of life is process and not, not content or endpoint that it's, it's a real win uh, with your kids when you get to engage in process with them because that's the thing you can talk about. You don't have to talk about this scary, awful thing that's happening. You can talk about what you're doing right now. Uh, so your you know narration of your experience, especially with younger kids, can help give them kind of words to talk about what's happening now. And the way we learn to be people is process. It's not endpoint or, or content. Uh, the majority of our communication is through things other than the long, important words we use to describe whatever it happens to be. Well, I, I wasn't on last week, but I, I thought, oh, there's like a really nice memory. Like despite everything that's going on, like you are going to have some really nice family memories during this time that are going to be, I think, more poignant just because everything is so Right, right. And I've, I've thought about it also like, you know, leaving aside the fact of good memories, like there are going to be some really, really strong memories that are happening mm-hmm. during this time. So we should try to make sure that there are some good ones in there too. And, exactly. And f- figuring out like, <laughs> like, you know, this is something that works, like involving everyone in a project, uh, doing something, building something, you know, it's not baking. Qu- yeah, it's not a lot of baking happening. A lot of baking, a lot of cooking happening. Uh, we have also found that involving the kids in the, the process of cleaning doesn't always mm-hmm. go the same way. Not necessarily <laughs> great memories associated with that. But if we kind of flip it and we're like, hey, we're helping by disinfecting, we're helping by, you know, fighting the virus by cleaning the bathroom, they actually are more willing to do it. So that's uh, that's another tip that I can pass on. Yeah, you're not cleaning, yes, ge- you're fighting the virus. <laughs> This generation is going to be particularly good at, uh, at hand washing. I think we're sort of forever. <laughs> They're going to teach their kids someday how important it is to hand wash because of the, uh, you know, the pandemic. Another great thing for kids your kids' age, Ben, and, and, and a little older, have them teach you something. Oh, that's interesting. That can give them a sense of, of mastery and, and excitement that they got to teach you something. And you might actually learn something you didn't know before, which is kind of awesome because around that age – they know things you don't. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. I'll have to give them an option. Also, it takes a little mm-hmm. pressure off you to have like every idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That would actually be very helpful. Uh, okay, well, let's play some voicemails that we got. I know you guys don't have a ton of time in between seeing patients and things. Uh, but first, let me read our beginning of the show disclaimer. Uh, listening to a podcast is not a substitute for getting real help. This show is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, and or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health needs. Okay, how do you get in touch with us? Leave us a voicemail. You can call 858-255-1770. That's a voicemail message. Leave us a message. Leave us your name and uh, phone number if you want us to call you back. Otherwise, we can just play your message on the show like we're about to do. We also have a new way to get in touch with us. We are partnering with an app called Listen. 
Listen is a new app for listening to podcasts and interacting with podcast makers. There's a little button on each page that says start talking. And you can just tap that, record a comment, or leave us a question in your own voice. We will go and hear that, listen to that. We may even play it on the show. Uh, so you can download the Listen app. It's for iPhones right now. It's new. Uh, just came out. Uh, go to the iPhone app store and search on Listen app. Uh, we'll also put a link in the show notes, and that phone number is in the show notes too. Okay, here's our first question. This is from Cameron in Texas. Hey, y'all. I love the show. Thanks for doing this during these uh, weird times. So my question is about, like, feeling lonely. Um, you know, I live alone, uh, and while I've been doing more, you know, FaceTime, some Google Hangout, happy hour kind of thing uh, with my friends, it's still kind of hard to not feel, you know, uh, have, like, bouts of loneliness come about. So do y'all have any more tips on sort of combating loneliness during these uh, corona days? Thanks. So for people who are home alone. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that there's so many different ways to have like shared experiences. There's a lot of people doing like shared TV watching as well, if that's your thing and, and kind of just sitting and watching a movie with someone else on the shared, you know, Netflix app or whatever um, can, can help. Um you know, I, I also think there's going to be loneliness and like, you have to just accept that there are going to be times that you are feeling lonely. Um, and that that's, you know, that's, that's okay. You're not like doing it wrong. It's kind of part of the, part of the process. That, that Netflix together app sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> well, you don't like, you don't like watching things at baseline, but some people do. And you know, the Tiger King <laughs> is a collective experience right now. I think people should watch, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways. I think that we've been doing a lot of these like, you know, virtual happy hour type things and they can get a little old. So there's also like playing like virtual playing of games and different kinds of things where you have like, again, that purpose, like you're not going to be building a swing in the backyard, but you're going to be like playing a game with a person that might help feel more connected. And they don't have to be just video games. It can be just like card games too. They have all different kinds of ways to do that online now. A friend of mine was telling me about how he uh, made dinner with someone else mm -hmm. on Zoom. And I thought, oh, that's kind of next level um, zooming is when you're not like the focus of your conversation isn't the screen, you know, and maybe that's something that like I want to try for is like, OK, doing like hanging out with someone. So we're not just staring at the screen and having this like we can sometimes feel like almost like a some pressure on like we're going to connect now. We're going to we have half an hour to do this conversation or 40 minutes to do this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's stare at each other intensely into each other's eyes and and have this like talk about how we're doing. You know, it's quickly feel less lonely. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like everyone's sort of awkward. Like, how was your day? Oh, what what you do? Oh, me too. <laughs> you know, like that's that gets a little old after the first couple yeah, yeah. of them. As he was telling me that he was making dinner with his friend, I was like, oh, that's kind of that's what we should be. That's I think more what we should be doing is just kind of like the screen is there. We're kind of not. It's not the focal center of the the interaction. Isn't the screen, but there's something else that's happening. Um, that felt like like kind of next level for me. Like that's something I want to aim for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also like shared, like I'm doing like a shared dance class with people I haven't seen in five years from my hometown, you know, like 
that it's like an activity that we have to plan at a certain time, very different than just the the happy hours. Right, right. I feel like what you said there, shared experiences is kind of, that's kind of the opposite of, of feeling lonely is like building a shared experience with someone. And maybe that's the way that we should be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out some kind of shared experience that we can have no matter, you know, mediated by technology at this point, right. for sure. But like, what are things that we can do together? What What's a shared experience that we can create? I think some total, I've probably talked to more of my friends than I have before this per unit time, certainly, because you you have permission to reach out and say, it's been a long time. How are you? So this might be a time where people feel, you know, they can get some extra connection and it's okay to feel lonely because we all do. And that's kind of nice otherwise. Yeah, that I think that's a really good point. I think because loneliness is one of those things that maybe outside of the therapy office, people don't really talk about with each other. But now people are starting to have like very frank conversations about how they're feeling lonely and what their life is looking like. And I think that's that's good that that brings people together in their loneliness. Uh, imagine it just you know a month ago, how are you doing? Ah, oh, cripplingly lonely. It's. It's really devastating. And now that could be, you know, virtual water cooler talk. <laughs> That's kind of normal. <laughs> Carl was really lonely too. Very true. Right. I mean, even like financial pressure, like people, you know, talking about like not making rent or, you know, being in and worrying about job security and all this, like all of a sudden that's become just so much more socially sanctioned for people to talk about. So we're seeing like a lot of mm. more vulnerability in conversations. I'm, I'm, I'm finding um, outside of the therapy room, just, just socially, people are much more open about areas of their life that aren't looking the way they want, because most of our lives aren't looking the way we want. Um, right now i tend to alternate i've been telling my, my friend asked me how i was doing yesterday and i said well i'm kind of alternating between depression productivity and stir crazy and it's kind of on this like mm-hmm. little looping around between those three different things yes that is a loop i am familiar with uh here's here's another here's another caller this is uh stephanie from uh lancaster california which is right outside of la hi um I live in a two-bedroom apartment with three other people, and we all just share, like, one bathroom. Um, We've been friends. We've been roommates for, like, a year now, and we, like, just get along. But lately, I mean, obviously, everyone's been intense, um, and I'm just, like, trying to figure out how to find space in all this without that much actual physical space. I don't know what to do or, like, just where to go. Um, what do you have any advice, like what, what I should do? Kind of the opposite of our other question, but there seemed to be like also some real, like I could hear some desperation in her voice almost as she was asking that. Yeah. And I think she's not alone. I think a, a lot of people are feeling in close quarters, either because their apartments are like that at baseline or because we're seeing people leaving certain situations to be in less, you know, less crowded cities, but then a more crowded house with, with relatives and, and things. Um, and I, I think like communication really um, comes into play in terms of like, what, like who needs what time? Like, do we say between, you know, between two and four today, everyone is going to kind of do their own thing and we're going to give each other our own little mini vacations from each other. And that's like exactly what we're going to be doing. Um, I think you have to be really explicit about that or it's just not going to happen. 
Hmm, that's really interesting. It sort of it reminds me kind of of the conversation about that. You know, I'm I'm I'll just be blunt here for a second. Uh, I'm in my uh, late forties. I've been married about what. 13, 14 years. And so the conversation among uh, me and a lot of my peers who have had kids is like how you keep sex alive in your relationship. And like, you know, early, earlier in the relationship, there's all this disdain on the people who schedule sex, like Wednesday nights and Saturday nights or whatever. There's a lot of consternation about that. And now it's like, okay, let's schedule some alone time now, everyone. <laughs> let's schedule some time where we're all just going to retreat to our corners and not be in each other's business. Yes. It's a good idea. Uh, we assume in relationships that like, oh, things will just happen. And that's a great way for them to not just happen. So that intentionality, the same way you say we're going to do our own thing from four to six. And then, you know, that extends just as well to eight to 10 or 11 to 12 and whenever your kids are going to be asleep. Hopefully. I think that's a really good idea. Like if you're in crowded quarters, like scheduling time for everyone to just kind of like be out of each other's business to me sounds like a great idea. Do you guys have other other ideas that uh, for Stephanie of ways to kind of find refuge among roommates? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think one of the things that we're finding as um, as therapists is some of the some of the folks don't feel like they have the privacy to do their therapy sessions. On, oh, right. On yeah, totally. Or, or maybe have like a private conversation with whoever they want to have a conversation with. They don't really want their roommates to hear. Um, a really kind of simple trick is to take one of your devices, either a phone or a laptop or, or tablet or whatever, and just uh, play white noise from YouTube or iTunes. Or, and basically the white noise outside your room will really um, deafen the voices. It's like what you see mm. in a therapist's office, those right, little right. machines. You can do that for free with your device. Um, and that can help give some privacy. Um, and, you know, we have found um, people really liking that. Um, to get to get some space that's really interesting or even just like i mean i have found like on airplanes and stuff just putting my noise canceling headphones on and not playing music just kind of like enjoying the silence as being a way to kind of feel by myself in really cramped quarters noise canceling technology is real uh now is the time thank you jeff bezos for there i mean there's some really remarkable noise canceling stuff out there so uh, that uh, that is a way to get silent. Low silent. tech to, to really high tech. Um, but that's why I like you can just get it on YouTube and drown out voices. Yeah. And we'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to a white, a 10 hour long nice. uh, YouTube clip of just, it's called Celestial White Noise. Yeah. Uh, it's about 10 hours. So you can just put that <laughs> oh on and that all night long <laughs> if you want. What are, are you guys hearing other things from your patients this week or how are, how are people that you're talking to dealing with things? It's restored my faith in therapy, uh, which I get restored kind of every day, but it's hard to believe that talking to someone can really do that much. And when I hear my patients saying, you know, thank God the awful thing happened to me because now I've had the therapy that lets me be ready for this. I'm like, huh, right. well, that's pretty great. Um, it, it really is, it is a powerful tool in, in our arsenal, even as physicians. I'm an MD, I can prescribe all the pills I want, and I end up talking to people a lot because that's more useful. Yeah, I will say that this week compared to last week, um, I've had kind of two um, experiences. One is that people are, are actually experiencing loss. 
Um, people are saying, you know, maybe a relative or a neighbor, or um, in one case, uh, the a treater of somebody's, you know, somebody's partner, all, all you know, passing away due to COVID nineteen, um, and that's sort of that that wave is kind of hitting. Um, and so far, it hasn't been anyone that's been like super super close to the person, but there's just this sense of like hitting closer to home than just being on the news, um, which is, which is more somber. And then I think even amongst our own staff, you're seeing that as well. Um, but then on the other hand, we're also hearing these stories of people who were sick, um, and are recovering. So maybe they were sick last week, maybe they did test positive for it and now they're on the mend, or maybe they didn't test positive and now they're on their mend or their mother's on the mend. So like we're hearing kind of both extremes, um, I, I guess, but it's, it's touching everybody, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a few people who have had it and have recovered. I don't know anyone personally who has uh, passed away. Just what I've seen on, you know, Facebook, certain you know, celebrities or musicians or artists who have passed away mm-hmm. still kind of at that level for me. But it is always just like really surprising when I see that. Oh, wow. That's yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I look for, I mean, I, I'm down the street literally from Dr. McMillan and I, I look forward to seeing her tonight. I'm just going to say that uh, it is with purpose. I will come home and we'll have some dinner. Should probably clarify mm-hmm. that you're you're not like around other humans, so you are alone. No, no, I'm in a no, barn like structure. I'm in a barn like structure, and I I will even I will even watch the tiger whatever show that you're watching. Tiger King. Ben, are you watching? Are you watching the show? You know, I haven't I haven't started watching Tiger King yet. I know everybody's talking about it, but I haven't started it yet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely it's definitely good uh, good escapist fun. I definitely would have still watched it uh, pre pandemic, but uh, it, it it is even I think more needed now. My it's never it's never funny to explain cartoons, but I'm going to do it anyway. My. Uh, there was a cartoon that um, that I sent to my wife uh, where it has a man and a woman. The man, uh, they're on a couch. In the, or it has a man and a woman. They're in the living room. The man is getting up to uh, go grab something. And the wife says to him, hey, could you grab the wine that makes me want to watch the same shows that you want to watch? <laughs> and I thought that pretty much that pretty much sums up me and probably a lot of other people too. Well, it summed up both my wife and me. We both looked at that and felt and said to each other, "I feel so seen." Yes, <laughs> very very true. Uh, well, thank you very much, guys. Thank uh, I'm you. Gonna give, I'm going to give our end of show disclaimer here. Uh, listening to a podcast is not a substitute for getting real help. Uh, just so you guys know, this this show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical or the show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a mental condition or your mental health needs. And if you really need help right now, we have a couple resources. All these are in the show notes. You can text the crisis text line. You can text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to this number, 741751. Uh, you can also call. If you want to talk to someone right now, you can call 1-800-LIFE-NET. Uh, and we want to hear from you. So we have a number that we've set up as a voicemail. It's 
255-1770. You can leave us a message there with your question. Leave your number if you want us to call you back. Uh, we also are trying a new thing, which is that we've partnered with an app. It's called Listen, which you can get off of your iPhone. Just go to the App Store and search on Listen app. And it's an app uh, where you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, and then you can leave us a message just right in the app. There's a button on every page that says start talking. And if you just tap that, you can record a comment. You can leave us a question. You do it in your own voice. And then we, we can read it and interact with you and maybe even feature it on the show. So those are two ways. The number, 858-255-1770. Or download the app, listen. Uh, search, again, search listen app or we'll leave a link to it in the show notes as well. And before we go, I uh, just want to say Pandemic Check-In is produced by Western Sound and Brooklyn Minds. Please listen, uh, leave us a review uh, on the Apple Podcast app. It really does help people find the show. Um, you know, you can leave us a comment there too if you like. Okay, thanks guys. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay, bye -bye. Thank All you. Right, bye. bye.